0: Le'olam Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpochah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the Biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there. But there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit as it is written in Romans 10:17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4:12. 12. The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayet Kanan, and it means, And I Pleaded. Deuteronomy 5, 16-33 Honor your father and your mother as Hashem your God has commanded you, that you may long endure and that you may fare well in the land that Hashem your God is assigning to you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not crave your neighbor's house, or his field, or his male or female slave, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Hashem spoke these words, those and no more, to your whole congregation at the mountain, with a mighty voice out of the fire and the dense clouds. He inscribed them on two tablets of stone, which he gave to me. When you heard the voice out of the darkness, while the mountain was ablaze with fire, you came up to me, all your tribal heads and elders, and said, HaShem, our God, has shown us his majestic presence, and we have heard his voice out of the fire. For we have seen this day that man may live through HaShem has spoken to him. Let us not die then, for his fearsome fire will consume us. If we do hear the voice of HaShem, our God, any longer, we shall die. For what mortal ever heard the voice of the living Hashem speak out of the fire as we did and lived? You go closer and hear all that Hashem our God says, and then you tell us everything that Hashem our God tells you, and we will willingly do it. Hashem heard the plea that you made to me, and Hashem said to me, I have heard the plea that this people made to you, but they did well to speak thus. May they always be of such mind to revere me and follow all my commandments, that it may go well with them and with their children forever. Go, say to them, return to your tents. But you remain here with me, and I will give you the whole instruction, the laws and the rules that you shall impart to them, for them to observe in the land that I am giving them to possess. Be careful, then, to do as Hashem your God has commanded you, do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Follow only the path that Hashem your God has enjoined upon you, so that you may thrive and that it may go well with you, and that you may long endure in the land you are to possess. Nehemiah 1.1-3.14 The narrative of Nehemiah, son of Kekalia. In the month of Kislev, of the twentieth year, when I was in the fortress of Shushan, Hanani, one of my brothers, together with some men of Yehuda, arrived, and I asked them about the Yehudim, the Jews, the remnant who had survived the captivity, and about Jerusalem. They replied, The survivors who have survived the captivity there in the province are in dire trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's wall is full of breaches, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard that, I sat and wept, and was in mourning for days, fasting and praying to the God of heaven. I said, HaShem, God of heaven, great and awesome HaShem, who stays faithful to his covenant with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to receive the prayer of your servant that I am praying to you now, day and night, on behalf of the Israelites, your servants, confessing the sins that we Israelites have committed against you, sins that I and my Father's house have committed. We have offended you by not keeping the commandments, the laws, and the rules that you gave to your servant Moses. Be mindful of the promise you gave to your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful I will scatter you among the peoples but if you turn back to me faithfully keep my commandments even if you are dispersed are at the ends of the earth I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I have chosen to establish my name for they are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great power and your mighty hand O Hashem Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who desire to hold your name in awe. Grant your servant success today, and dispose that man to be compassionate toward him. I was the king's cupbearer at the time. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, wine was set before him. I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been out of sorts in his presence. The king said to me, How is it that you look bad, though you are not ill? It must be bad thoughts. I was very frightened. But I answered the king, May the king live forever. How should I not look bad when the city of the graveyard of my ancestors lies in ruins and its gates have been consumed by fire? The king said to me, What is your request? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I answered the king, If it please the king, And if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Yehuda, to the city of my ancestors' graves, to rebuild it. With the consort seated at his side, the king said to me, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it was agreeable to the king to send me, and I gave him a date. Then I said to the king, If it please the king, let me have letters." To the governors of the province of beyond the river, directing them to grant me passage until I reach Yehudah, likewise a letter to Asaph, the keepers of the king's park, directing him to give me timber for roofing the gatehouses of the temple fortress and the city walls, and for the house I shall occupy. The king gave me these, thanks to my God's benevolent care for me. When I came to the governors of the province of beyond the river, I gave them to the king's letters. The king also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant heard, it displeased them greatly that someone had come intent on improving the condition of the Israelites. I arrived in Jerusalem, and after I was there three days, I got up at night, I and a few men with me, and telling no one what my God had put into my mind to do so for Jerusalem, and taking no other beast than the one on which I was riding, I went out by the valley gate at night toward the jackal spring and the dung gate, and I surveyed the walls of Jerusalem that were breached, and its gates, consumed by fire. I proceeded to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, where there was no room for the beast under me to continue. So I went up the wadi by night, surveying the wall, and entering again by the valley gate, I returned. The prefects knew nothing of where I had gone, or what I had done, since I had not yet divulged it to the Jews, the Kohanim, the nobles, the prefects, or the rest of the officials. Then I said to them, You see the bad state we are in, Jerusalem lying in ruins, and its gates destroyed by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and suffer." No more disgrace. I told them of my God's benevolent care for me, also of the things that the king had said to me, and they said, Let us start building. They were encouraged by his benevolence. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant and Geshem the Arab heard, they mocked us and held us in contempt, and said, What is this that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? I said to them in reply, The God of heaven will grant us success, and we, his servants, will start building. But you have no share or claim or stake in Jerusalem. Then Yashiv, the Kohen Gadol, and his fellow Kohanim set to rebuild the Sheep Gate. They consecrated it and set up its doors, consecrating it as far as the Hundred's Tower, as far as the Tower of Hananel. Next to him the men of Jericho built. Next to them, Zakur, son of Imri. The sons of Hasanea rebuilt the fish gate. They roofed it and set up its doors, locks, and bars. Next to them, Meramoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired. And next to him, Meshulam, son of Baraka, son of Meshzabel. Next to him, Zadok, son of Bana, repaired. Next to him, THE TECHOITES REPAIRED, THOUGH THEIR NOBLES WOULD NOT TAKE UPON THEIR SHOULDERS THE WORK OF THEIR LORD. JOIDA, SON OF PASIA, AND MESHULAM, SON OF BESOIDIA, REPAIRED THE Jeshana GATE. THEY ROOFED IT AND SET UP ITS DOORS, LOCKS, AND BARS. NEXT TO THEM, Melatiah THE Givonite AND JADEN, THE MERATHITE, REPAIRED WITH THE MEN OF GIVON AND MITZPAH UNDER THE JURISDICTION OF THE GOVERNOR OF THE PROVINCE OF BEYOND THE RIVER. Next to them, Uziel, son of Harheah, the smiths, repaired. Next to him, Hananiah of the perfumers. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Raphaah, son of Hur, chief of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired. Next to him, Jediah, son of Harumaph, repaired in front of his house. Next to him, Hatush, son of Hashbaniah, repaired. Melchija, son of Har- Haram, and Hashub, son of Pahath-Moab, repaired a second stretch, including the tower of ovens. Next to them, Shalem, son of Halosheth, chief of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired, he and his daughters. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zenoach repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and set up its doors, locks, and bars. And they also repaired a thousand amot of wall to the dung gate. Melchija, son of Rechab, chief of the district of Beth-Hasirim, repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and set up its doors, locks, and bars. 1 Corinthians 7, 1-24 Now concerning the things whereof you wrote to me, Paul, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife to the husband. The wife has not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband has not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man has his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, It is good for them if they abide, even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But if she does depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother has a wife that believes not, and she is pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which has a husband that believes not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For what do you know, O wife, whether you shall give and save your husband? Or how do you know, O man, whether you shall save your wife? But as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any one called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Are you called being a servant? Care not for it, but if you may be made free... Use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise also he that is called being free is Yeshua's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Psalm thirty one nineteen to twenty four. Oh how great. Is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you, which have wrought for them that trust in you before the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret of your presence from the pride of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you. O love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully rewards the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you that hope in the Lord. Proverbs 21.4 A high look and a proud heart. And the plowing of the wicked is sin. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Nehemiah, chapters 1 through 3. And in this book, we see that Nehemiah is commissioned by the king with his blessing to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and the temple. And... When Nehemiah first learns of the condition of the city and the temple, the wall is broken down, the gates are burned, everything's just destroyed, he is so grieved and so disheartened that the king sees in his countenance, his face, how sad he is. And the king asks, what's wrong, Nehemiah? And then Nehemiah prays and asks God to be with him the spirit to be with him, and he's honest, and he tells the king what the problem is, why he's sad. So he's been given a divine assignment to rebuild the walls, to rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple. And it's not something that just one man can do. It takes a huge community of men and women working together to get this job done. And if God has ever given you a task or an assignment that's way bigger than you could ever possibly accomplish on your own, that it's so huge, you've definitely got to have a team to get it done. Now, there's one verse that just sparkles. It's a gem. I want to just point it out to you, and it's Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 9. Well, we'll start with verse 8. Be mindful of the promise you gave to your servant Moses. This is Nehemiah praying back to the Lord. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you turn back to me, faithfully keep my commandments, even if your dispersed are at the ends of the earth, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I have chosen to establish my name. What is that place? That place is... Israel. It is Jerusalem. The letter Sheen, which points us to El Shaddai, is literally engraved in the topography of Jerusalem. And if you could look down upon the land from above, like in an airplane, airplane view looking down, the Kidron Valley and two other valleys make the letter Sheen. And the Sheen kind of looks like a W, but with no points at the bottom. It's more rounded, like a handwriting W, not a printed W, the letter Sheen. It is embossed in the land itself, right, in Jerusalem. And Sheen points us to El Shaddai. So this is a promise that God is saying He will gather all of His people when they return to Him, when they repent, when they begin keeping His commandments, that he's promising to ingather them and bring them back to the land, to the place where he chooses to place his name. That promise is for you and for me, my friend. It is not just for the Jews. It is for the non-Jews, for the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel that has been scattered to all the nations of the earth. He promises to ingather us. That's the sparkling jewel I wanted to point out to you. Then the next verse I want to look at, chapter 2, verse 17. Then I said to them, You see the bad state we are in, Jerusalem lying in ruins and its gates destroyed by fire? Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and suffer no more disgrace. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. One of the Jewish prayers recited on the ninth day of the Hebrew month of Av, the day of the destruction of the temple, states, You destroyed Jerusalem by fire, so too will you rebuild it with fire. Near the western wall, archaeologists uncovered a complex destroyed in the Roman fires of 70 A.D., and spear-pierced skeletal remains found there give silent testimony to the tragedy. Destruction by fire is comprehensible, but the idea of construction by fire is more difficult to understand. Perhaps it indicates the degree of passion necessary to engage in such a task. If this is the case, indeed, we have merited living in a time where the latter fire is burning brighter and many are answering Nehemiah's call, Come, let us rebuild. So, the other thing I wanted to unpack is that in the new testament there are several scriptures i believe in first peter and other places that it refers to god's people as we are the living stones and that yeshua is the chief cornerstone that these living stones come together and we become a living temple so i'm not talking about a brick and mortar temple but a spiritual temple that each person is a spiritual temple and we house the Holy Spirit. Our heart is the altar where the Spirit dwells. And each individual is a living stone and you bring a bunch of individuals together. Those are all the living stones coming together. But what happens is that in families there can be dysfunction, toxic relationships, divorce, abuse, alcoholism, division and strife. And families can become absolutely annihilated, destroyed, estrangement, alienation. And so what does it take to restore a family, to restore broken relationships? Well, what did it take in Nehemiah's time? A community of people who had one purpose, to rebuild and restore the wall. And the walls of our nation and of our churches, of our communities, have been fallen into disrepair, and there are many gaps. In fact, when we look at the southern border of the United States, many different uh, states and regions are saying this is an all-out invasion, that there are tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of illegal aliens coming across the border uh, and willy-nilly, and a lot of them are drug lords. They're into human trafficking, criminals. And it's an invasion because the wall, there is no wall. And there's no barrier. And so walls are there to protect, in ancient times, walls were there to protect the city. But when the walls are broken down, the enemy can get right in and destroy to so rob kill and destroy and so walls are like boundaries and when you have healthy boundaries you can have a healthy relationship but when the boundaries are broken when the wall is broken that's when toxic stuff comes in when people treat one another rudely disrespectfully when they cuss when they curse when they are defiant, rebellious, contemptible. This is very toxic, very unhealthy, very damaging and destructive. And so those walls, those boundaries have to be rebuilt. And what are the boundaries? Well, the Ten Commandments. Honor your mother and your father so that things will go well for you in the land of the living. That's a basic. And love one another. Treat one another with kindness and with respect. And when the respect goes out the window, when the kindness is gone, and there's just yelling and screaming and abuse and disrespect, that's when all the demons are let loose and the walls are broken down and there's toxic in the relationships. So... Repairing and rebuilding and restoring, Nehemiah began with walls. began with the walls, and then you can build on the inside. And I think it's the same way in human relationships. You have to start with setting healthy boundaries. And then from there, you can restore. So that's my take on today's reading. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Ye adonai vishmarekka ya ye adonai anavilaka ka Isa Adonai Na'af eleka V'yase leka, leka sha